So as we have been in this teaching series on the Holy Spirit, uh, there is an important truth that I want to share with you right now, and that is this. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. We are. All right. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. We are. We've spent the last two Sundays uh, presenting the Holy Spirit as a person of the Trinity, having all the attributes of God who wants to have a personal relationship with you. And last Sunday, we looked at all the facets of the Holy Spirit, how there's so many uh, elements and so many angles to who he is and what he does and how he has relationship with us. And, and, and so I just want to make sure that we have this picture that the Holy Spirit and the experience of the Holy Spirit is a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. But it doesn't have to be a weird thing. It doesn't have to be a spooky thing, all right? It can be an authentic thing and a genuine thing. And and the reason that I share that is because, unfortunately, in charismatic churches like ours, people have tended to do weird things and attribute it to the Holy Spirit. And that's not what we're about. We're about an authentic experience with the Holy Spirit. And so as we get into a topic like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to make sure that we're not being weird or that we're not getting outside of the Bible, but that we're embracing fully what the Bible teaches. And so this idea of the baptism of the Spirit, first off, you're going to find as we read through the Bible today, there's a lot of different ways that it's referred to, right? You've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've got the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You've got uh, receiving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come upon you, being filled with the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, drinking the Holy Spirit. So I just want you to realize that these are all synonyms that refer to the same thing and the same experience experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if you've got your notes with you, which you can find attached to this video on our website, you can find the notes attached to this audio if you're listening to the podcast, or you can get the church app, the Kauai Bible Church app, and you can find the notes on there and follow along. But you can see our big picture point today is this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit gives us the power to advance God's kingdom. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, again, isn't here so that we can act weird or so that we can do silly things or so that we can freak people out. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not meant to be a controversial topic or a divisive topic. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for one primary purpose, and that is to empower God's people to advance God's kingdom on the earth. We have all been called with a mission to be ambassadors for Christ. We have all been called with a mission to be ministers of reconciliation, to see people reconciled to God, to see people receive the gospel, and and to have their lives changed as they are made right in the sight of God. We've all been called to that ministry. But we're not supposed to do that ministry in our own strength. We're not supposed to do it in our own ability. We're supposed to do it in the power of God. And the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what gives us that power to fulfill that mission. Jesus said it like this in Luke 24, 49. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father. There it is. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until what? Until you are clothed with power from on high. The baptism of the Spirit is going to clothe us with power. 
In Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, gathering them together, he, Jesus, commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then skipping down to verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. So it's important that we grasp this, that the purpose of the baptism of the Spirit is to empower us to fulfill God's mission. If we want it for any other reason, we were wanting it for the wrong reason. That's what we should want it for. And here's a couple of other key subpoints under this idea. First off, is Jesus wants us to have it. Jesus wants every single one of his followers to have it. So he's not trying to make it hard for people to get it. He's not hiding it, right? He's not playing a game with us. He wants us to have it. Right in Matthew 3:11, this is John the Baptist speaking. He says, "As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire." And so Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And so just as somebody may have physically dunked you in water during a water baptism, Jesus wants to pour out the Holy Spirit upon you and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then we read this last week, but in John 7, 37, Jesus stands up in the middle of the feast and he cries out to people, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So who does Jesus want to receive this overflow of rivers of living water? Anyone! He said, anyone who believes in me. So Jesus wants the Holy Spirit to come upon us so much that we are filled to overflowing so that the Holy Spirit is pouring out of us. This filling to overflowing is the idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to realize Jesus wants you to have this. He wants you to have it. He wants every one of his followers to receive it. This was not reserved for a special few in the Bible times. This was not reserved for certain significant saints in these days. No, this is for everybody. Jesus wants you to have it. The second sub point that I think is very important is that this was a normal experience in the New Testament church. Right? This wasn't controversial. They didn't consider it strange. They didn't have arguments over it. It was pretty much in the New Testament church the, that a church leader would show up, and the first question he would ask people is, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit? And if they said no, he said, all right, let's take care of it right now. Right? He didn't say, let's teach on it. He didn't say, let's discuss it. He didn't say, let's argue it. He said, let's take care of it right now. Let's get all of you baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was a normal experience. It was what everybody in the New Testament church was experiencing. And so nobody thought it strange or weird. In fact, if you didn't receive it, you felt like you were missing out on it. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm actually going to read through 
about five passages from the book of Acts, and I'm going to read them rapid fire to you. I just want you to listen to them, and I want you to hear for what's happening in each situation as people are receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, receiving it as a normal experience of being followers of Christ. All right, let's, let's do this. Rapid fire. We're going to begin in Acts chapter 2, which is where the first baptism of the Spirit happened on the day of Pentecost. Starting in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 14. This was in the region of Samaria. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10. Starting in verse 44, this is in the house of Cornelius. This is the first time that non-Jewish people were receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the uncircumcised believers who came with Peter were, all the circumcised, I'm sorry, all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. And then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they asked him to stay on for a few days. Acts chapter 11, starting in verse 15. This is Peter describing that same experience at the house of Cornelius. He says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as he did upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift as he gave to us also, after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. Did you hear that? That means that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the speaking in tongues that came with it was the evidence that the Jewish church needed to realize that the gospel was open to the Gentiles also. How about Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 1? It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. 
When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. They were in all about 12 men. And then finally, look at 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 and 13. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body whether Jews or Greeks whether slaves or free and we were all made to drink of one spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what brings us together in unity as a church so I want you to hear in there this was a common experience this was an expected experience this was an experience that John the Baptist talked about that Jesus talked about that he prepared the church for and that the church received with power All right so what did you hear there in all of those stories what was the what was the commonalities of the baptism of the Holy Spirit well you might be saying first off you heard in almost every single one of them the speaking in tongues and here's the thing, that is a topic that, that deserves a lot of time just by itself. And so we're actually going to dive into that next week. So that's your little cliffhanger to get you to come back and hang out with us next week as well. We're going to spend a whole message talking about this idea of the speaking in tongues. So that's one thing you may have noticed. What's another common thing you may have noticed? Well, is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a separate and distinct experience. It was a separate and distinct experience. In fact, you can see in your notes that, that there's three distinct experiences uh, as we follow Jesus. The first one is being born of the Spirit, right? And this is the moment of your salvation. This is the moment that you repent of your sins and turn away from your old life. And this is the moment that you declare Jesus to be the Lord of your life and that you receive the ransom that he paid for you on the cross. And, and the Bible says the moment that we declare Jesus as Lord and surrender our lives to him, that God deposits the Holy Spirit inside of us as a seal of our salvation. And that deposit of the Holy Spirit is what we call being born of the Spirit. And the Spirit comes in and, and causes you to be born again, gives you a new spirit, cleanses you and makes you right with God, and you begin your new life journeying with God. So you're born of the Spirit. The second distinct experience is being baptized in water. Being baptized in water. Every follower of Christ is encouraged as a public declaration of their faith to go through water baptism, where as, as you go under the water, it's symbolic of your old life passing away. You are being buried just as Jesus Christ was buried. And then when you come up out of the water, it's symbolic that you're identifying with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that just as you died with Christ, now you live in the resurrection power of Christ. And when you come up out of that baptism water, you come up in that newness of life. The third distinct experience is the baptism in the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit is poured out upon you in power. And so in all those stories we just read, you heard uh, in one story, it went out of order, right? They were baptized in the Holy Spirit the moment they believed in the gospel, and then they got water baptized afterwards. So, you know, God's not stuck to any order, except that you do have to get saved first. The other stuff doesn't work if you haven't given your life to Jesus first. But 
And then in other situations, you saw in Acts 19, Paul baptized him in water first. Then he laid hands on him and prayed for him to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So you see all of these distinct experiences happening. Jesus is a great example of this, right? Jesus was literally born of the Spirit. The angel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and conceive a child inside of you. And so when Jesus was born in the flesh, he was born of the Spirit, conceived of the Spirit. And then Jesus was baptized in water. And he had no sin to be cleansed of. He was baptized in water to set the example for us. And then it says, when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. So you can see, even in Jesus, we have these three distinct experiences. In 1 Corinthians 10, Paul writes this, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So what is he talking about here? Well, he's talking about the children of Israel and their exodus out of Egypt, that to get out of Egypt, first God parted the Red Sea, and they passed through the Red Sea, and then he brought them to Mount Sinai, where the cloud came down, and they passed through the cloud of the glory of God on Mount Sinai. What Paul is teaching here is that even the Israelites in the Old Testament went through two distinct and separate baptisms, baptism in water as they passed through the Red Sea and baptism in the Holy Spirit as they pass through the cloud on Mount Sinai. Separate and distinct experiences. And so if you've given your life to Jesus, that means you've been born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's been deposited inside of you. Your next step is to be baptized in water. If you have not done that, if you're here on Kauai, we'll make a way for you to be baptized in water. If you're somewhere else, uh, you want to find a group of believers that you can gather with and, and go and do water baptism. And then we want you to have that third distinct experience, which is receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So here's a great question. If the Holy Spirit was deposited inside of us the moment we gave our lives to Jesus, then what's the difference between that and being baptized in the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit's already inside of us, why do we need a separate experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit? And to answer that question, I actually want to use a, a, a scenario to help you picture this, to help you imagine this in your mind, okay? So I want you to imagine the Brown family, Mr. and Mrs. Brown, are having guests over for dinner. And we'll just say that their guests are the Green family, Mr. and Mrs. Green, okay? We're just picking names here for the sake of our story. And so... Mrs. Brown is in the kitchen. She's preparing a, a wonderful meal so that they can have a, a great time together with their friends, the Greens. And, and so uh, she's in the kitchen cooking, and she hears the doorbell ring. The Greens have arrived early. She's not done cooking yet, and she's a hot mess in the kitchen. She's not ready to receive her guests yet, and, and, and she's flustered. So she calls one of her children, and she says, Listen, the greens are at the door. I'm not ready to receive them yet. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go open the door. I want you to let them into the living room, and then let them know that I'll be out in a little bit to come receive them. 
And so that's what the child does. Meanwhile, Mrs. Brown finishes up the dinner as quick as she can. She runs upstairs, and, and she's getting cleaned up and making herself presentable to, 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 to greet her guests. And while she's up there, her phone rings. And so she answers the phone, and it's another one of her friends who says, Hey, are you hanging out with the Greens tonight? And she says, I'm trying to, but I, I'm not ready yet. They're in my house, but I haven't received them yet. And her friend on the phone says, well, you need to go downstairs and receive them right away because they've got great news for you, and I heard that they have some amazing gifts for you. And so Mrs. Brown says, okay. So she gets off the phone. She, she finishes getting ready. She goes downstairs to the living room, and there's the greens. And she receives the greens into the dining room and says, I'm ready now to hang out with you. And the greens start telling her good news, and the greens pull out all these wonderful gifts that they have brought for her. You say, what does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, the greens being in the living room is just like the Holy Spirit being deposited in you at the moment of salvation. You see, for Mrs. Brown, the greens were in her house, but she hadn't received them yet. They were in the house, but she hadn't received them yet. And you see, when you come to salvation, the Holy Spirit is in the house, but you haven't received the fullness of the Holy Spirit yet. And when Mrs. Brown came down and received the greens into the dining room, she received all of their goodness and all of their gifts. That's what happens when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We receive all of His goodness and all of His gifts and all of His outpouring. So I hope that makes sense for you, that that's the difference. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit's in the house. He's been deposited. But if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then you have not yet received the fullness of having the guests in your house. And that's why I've titled this sermon, Receiving Your Guest. It's time to receive the fullness of the guest that is in your house. It's time to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Here's another key difference between the deposit of the Holy Spirit at your salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here it is. The deposit of the Holy Spirit is for our benefits. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for others' benefits. Right? Are you following me? When God deposits the Holy Spirit inside of you, that's for your benefit. That's so that the Holy Spirit can, can cause you to be born again with a new spirit and a new nature. So that's so that the Holy Spirit can transform your mind. That's so that the Holy Spirit can cleanse you and make you right with God so that you can walk in relationship with God. That's all for your benefits. God deposits that's in there for you. But when he baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, not just a deposit, but an outpouring that fills you to overflowing, that's for everybody else's benefit. That's so that you can go out and change other people's lives. So that's so that you can go out and fulfill your mission of advancing the kingdom of God. So that's why we need both. We need the deposit for our benefit, but we need the baptism for others' benefit so we can go out in power and do all of the work that God intended us to do. It's time to receive the guest today. Well, we've got one more section in our notes to cover, and then I want to pray for you today. And so you may be saying to yourself, well, pastor, you're telling me to receive the guest, but I don't know how to receive the guest. 
That's a critical question, right? How do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If we say, listen, I understand it. I want it. I believe in it. How, how do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, listen, there's no magical formula. There's no just like there's one thing you're going to do and, and it's going to guarantee that it's going to happen every time. That's just, that's not how God works. God is not a formulaic God. He is a creative God. But I think there's some key principles we can understand so that we can prepare ourselves and be ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The first one there in your notes is this. Be open to it. Open your heart up to it. Open your spirit up to it. Be open to it. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the spirits. So listen, if the Bible tells you to do not do something, that means that we're able to do it. So we are able to quench the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit by closing ourselves off from what He's doing, closing ourselves off and not allowing Him in, by, uh, by, by having a, a wrong attitude towards Him, by, by having sin in our life that, that, that quenches what He's trying to do. It, we can quench the Spirit. So first off, we've got to be open to it. We've got to have the right attitude towards it. If there's any sin in our lives, let's deal with the sin in our lives. Let's open ourselves up to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The second thing is this, have the right motive. Have the right motive. James 4.3 says, you ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. So listen, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you want to get noticed, that's the wrong motive. Because you want to build your reputation, that's the wrong motive, right? Because you want to build your fame, that's the wrong motive. Because you want people to celebrate you, that's the wrong motive, right? You just want to have power without a relationship with God, that's the wrong motive. We got to have the right motive. The only proper motive for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is because you want to do more to see God be glorified. It's because you want to do more to see God change people's lives. That's the right motive. So make sure that your heart is right. You're open to it, and you also have the right motive for, for why you want to receive it. And then, it's pretty simple, ask. Just ask for it. Ask and keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. Luke eleven nine, 9, Jesus says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And the verb form here in the original language that Jesus is speaking in, when he says to ask and to seek and to knock, what he's really saying is ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. So if we want to receive the baptism, ask for it. We've already covered that Jesus is the one that gives it to us, and we've already covered that Jesus wants to give it to us. So all we got to do is ask for it. Now, we don't know exactly when he's going to give it to us, so we keep on asking. We ask today. If it doesn't come today, I'm going to keep asking tomorrow. I'm going to keep asking the next day. I'm going to ask and keep on asking. Why doesn't he give it to me when I want it? Because we don't understand God's timing. But what we do know is his timing is perfect. 
Maybe he wants to test your passion. Maybe he wants to build up your passion. Maybe he wants to see your perseverance. I don't know. But ask and keep on asking. He will give it to you. Verse 13 of Luke 11, as Jesus keeps talking, he says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's going to give it to you. Just keep asking. And then the final point, and this is kind of a weird one to be teaching uh, digitally when, when, when we're not around you, but that is the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands. That's a, a common thread that you heard through all the stories we read today was the laying on of hands. Now, it's not the only way to receive it, right? The house of Cornelius, they received it spontaneously. Nobody laid hands on them. Jesus received it spontaneously when he came out of the waters of baptism. Nobody laid hands on him. But we do see a consistent principle that the laying on of hands can deliver the gift of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1.6, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. That's Paul speaking to his disciple Timothy. The gift of God is within you through the laying on of my hands. And so there is a principle that church leaders, those who have already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, can help you receive it by laying hands on you. And so if you're not here on Kauai at church with us, go somewhere where you can find some leaders who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you can ask them to lay hands on you and ask them to pray for you that you might receive this great gift. I want to pray for you today, and I want to encourage you to begin asking. It is time to receive the guest that has been deposited in your house. Right? If you say to yourself, man, I, I want to see more. I want to see more people getting healed. Then receive your guest. You say, I want to see more people giving their lives to Jesus. Then receive your guest. Right? You say, I want to see more people finding their destiny in Christ. Then receive your guest. You say, I want to raise up more leaders that are going to go out and change the world and plant churches. Then receive your guest. You say, I want to see more marriages getting saved. Then receive your guest. I want to see more lives getting changed. Then receive your guest. Because the guest is already inside of you for your benefits. But if you will receive the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it will be for the benefit of everybody around you. And you will be more empowered to change lives and to advance the kingdom and to fulfill the purpose for which God created you. Come on, I want to pray for you right now. This could be a, a key moment for you. Maybe you've never heard this teaching before. and Maybe you've never been in a church before that believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never been around a, a charismatic group of followers of Christ who, who move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you have, but you just haven't received it yet. Now is your time to receive it. And so I just want to pray for you today, but I'm going to invite you wherever you are right now listening to this. If you're driving, maybe you better pull your car over right now, right? Whatever the case may be. But wherever you're listening to this, I want you to just begin to open your heart up. Say, I'm open to this. I believe in this. I want this. I want more of what God wants to do in my life. I want it for the right reasons. And right now, wherever you are, you begin to ask for it. You say, Pastor, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, I don't know. 
God's creative. He could do it different every time. But what I do know is that however you normally experience God, you're going to experience it a whole lot more. So if you normally experience God in joy, I have a feeling he's going to pour out a whole lot more joy. If you normally experience God and feeling warmth, I have a feeling you're going to feel a whole lot more heat, right? If you normally experience his goodness, you're going to be overwhelmed with his goodness right now. However you normally experience God, I imagine you're going to experience a whole lot more of it. And as we read, maybe you're going to start speaking in tongues. And you're like, well, wait a minute, Pastor, you haven't taught on that yet. That's okay. You don't have to understand it for God to do it. I'll explain to you next week what happened. You just let it happen. Just let it happen. We don't know what's going to happen. You say, am I going to lose control of my body? Is it? No, that's not what's going to happen. God's just going to pour out more, more, more. He's going to pour it out over you. He's going to fill you to overflowing. Come on, right now, open yourself up to it. Just begin to ask. Say, God, please give me the Holy Spirit right now. God, I desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to receive the promise of the Father. I want to be clothed with power. Come on, I want to drink of the Spirit right now, Lord. Fill me to overflowing. Just begin to ask Him. And don't stop. Keep on asking. Keep on asking right now. Just ask Him. Fill you up. And just open up. And if you feel something starting to happen, don't pull back. Don't get scared. Don't get nervous. Just let it happen. Just let it begin to happen. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. He's going to fill every crack and crevice in your heart and in your spirit. Every crack and crevice in your mind. He's going to fill you to overflowing. Come on, right now, God, I just pray for the releasing of the Holy Spirit into people's lives. I pray right now for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, wind begin to blow. Oh, Holy Spirit begin to fill like the priests in the days of old who would pour the oil out over somebody's head and would cover them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet right now oil begin to pour out over people's lives cover them from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet oh fill every part of their lives every part of their being oh father right now let them receive the fullness of your promise the fullness of your promise empower them right now in Jesus name oh fill them up to overflowing right now oh God right now begin to distribute gifts into their life oh gifts that they can use to advance your kingdom. Oh, gifts that they can use to touch and change people's lives. Oh, empower them right now, Lord. Oh, Father, if you would fill them with a heavenly language, let them begin to speak in tongues right now. God, I pray they'd begin to prophesy right now. They would begin to praise you and glorify you right now. Oh, Holy Spirit, just wash over them. Just wash over them. Come on, uh, worship team, just just gather up here with me right now. Let's begin to just set this atmosphere. We're going we're gonna to begin to play. We're going to begin to sing. We're going to begin to believe. If you're asking right now, don't stop. Just keep asking. Don't let the song interrupt you. Let the song just continue to set the environment and the atmosphere as your heart would be open to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Come on, keep seeking Him. Keep crying out to Him right now. Oh, stay open to it. Stay open to it right now. Come on, don't let your fears, don't let your thoughts distract and get in the way. Just let the Holy Spirit pour out over you right now. Pour out over you right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let it flow. Let it flow right now.